Well, uh, if you uh, are watching online, uh, you just you need to know. I don't know what happened. If uh, if this side of the auditorium they offered you a drawing, if you sat in all of poor Deb's over there all by herself. <laughs> Hi, Deb. Yeah. Well, anyway, so it's a little lopsided here, but uh, yeah, it's good. So we're on actually in our second part of our series, uh, Christian. And uh, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but uh, actually Christian isn't even defined. The Bible doesn't even define it. It's actually only mentioned three times. In fact, it was a derogatory term that outsiders kind of used to this, this group that believed that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. And, and, uh, but the insiders, they didn't call themselves Christians right away. They, uh, they actually called themselves followers of the way and believed that Jesus was the way, the truth, the life. Um, and, uh, and so... Um, the thing about Christian is we, in our culture, have made it mean anything you want it to mean. Um, and, and we hide behind it, and uh, we make all kinds of uh, concessions behind it, and it's so difficult to even define exactly what it is. So last week, um, we made this terrifying discovery that uh, if you, you know, just hide behind Christian, you can kind of mean that, make that mean anything you want it to mean. But if you're actually going to call yourself a disciple of Jesus, which I would dare you to do that, I dare you to show up at work tomorrow and say, hey, in case anyone's wondering, I'm no longer a Christian, I'm a disciple of Jesus. <laughs> See how that goes over. They'll be like, whoa, I mean, I, I'll guarantee you this, your accountability level will go way higher, right? Because that is terrifyingly defined as you open the New Testament and you start reading, it's like, Oh, oh, that is really defined, right? And all of a sudden, there's accountability level that uh, you've never had before. And, and Christians, see, we, we love loopholes because loopholes are technically correct, but they kind of ignore the heart. They're, they're technically correct, but they kind of ignore the heart, kind of like you did when, when you're, you, know, you were invited over to your friend's um, house and there was going to be a party there and and uh, and so when you were asking your parents and your parents asked you hey um, are your you know are your friends parents going to be there and and are your parents are their parents going to be home you were kind of like well yes eventually see see you you it was technically correct. You knew they weren't going to be there for the party, but see, your parents forgot to ask you specifically if they were going to be at home for the party. You knew eventually they were going to come home, and so you just kind of went with that, right? See, Christians love, we love these loophole, loopholes. We love workarounds, and, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like uh, when the officer says, hey, did you not read the sign? The sign said, no skateboards, and you're like, well, officer, I did read the sign. I don't have skateboards. I have a skateboard, right? So, so technically, I'm not breaking the law, see? I mean, we can, we can do all kinds of workarounds, and we love doing workarounds. Christians are great at this. In fact, we've even, we've even established workarounds in our systems. And, and when I was growing up, a lot of my classmates were Catholic, and we'd kind of talk back and forth and, and, uh, and kind of laugh about 
you know, the workaround that they had, I mean, they had a great system. This is unbelievable. They, they would take their sin bucket, and all week long, they would just fill up their sin bucket, and then they'd go to confession and just empty out their sin bucket, and they'd go right back next week, fill it right back up again, dump it back out, fill it up again, dump it back out. You're like, that's an incredible system. I mean, that's, that's, that's great. I'm like, we're, you know, we had, a, I grew up Baptist, we kind of had a system too. In fact, we had a verse. We skipped the confession part. We just went straight to God, and, and, uh, and, and we had a verse, 1 John 1, 9. See, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. I was like, this is amazing. So really all I need to do is, see, I can fill up my sin bucket all week long, and then I can, you know what, I can just ask for forgiveness, and we were taught that God forgets your sin, and so, you know what, I empty my bucket, I go fill it up again, and then I come back and say, oh man, I, got, I did it again. He's like, you did what? Yeah, it's like, that's amazing. Like, so I can do anything I want to do, and God can't remember it. <laughs> that's a great system. I mean, if you want a workaround, I mean, how much greater is that, right? You can do whatever you want to do, wherever you want to do it, with whoever you want to do it. God can't remember it. I mean, this is amazing. See, in, in, when I was a youth pastor, I dealt with this all the time, and, and I deal with it as a, as a pastor. It's just adults have learned not to ask the question anymore. See, they just kind of go with their own deal, see? Um, but high schoolers, they ask questions kind of like, Eric, um, I don't know quite how to ask this because it, uh, I'm kind of revealing my hand by asking this, but I'm going to ask anyway. Because, see, see, I want to make sure I'm going to go to heaven when I die, so I want some fire insurance, but see, that's all I want. I don't really want to live for God. I don't really want to engage with the mission. I don't even, I don't want to do any of that I just want to make sure I'm going to go to heaven when I die. So what I really need to know is how close to the edge can I live? How close to sin can I be and still go to heaven? Because, see, I want a loophole. I don't want to engage. I don't want to actually do all of this stuff. I just, I just want some fire insurance, and I want to be as close to sin as I can possibly be and still be okay with God. Because that's where I want to live. And I would just say, that's the wrong question. See, that's a loophole. See, that, that's going about your, your faith completely wrong. That's not engaging at all with what God has called us to be. And as long as you live that way, it's not a matter of if you're going to fall off. It's just a matter of when. And you know what? You're going to become disillusioned with it, and you will finally just walk away from it because that has nothing to do with loving God. That has everything to do with what you want to do. And you're making it all about you. See, in church world, we do this all the time. See, as Christians, we can hide behind Christian and we look for loopholes and we look for workarounds and we take the scriptures and kind of twist them and make them mean anything that we want to do. And so it's kind of interesting because uh, Jesus kind of dealt with the same thing. In fact, the religious leaders, they, they fell in love with the commands, but they forgot about the commander. 
See, we kind of do the same thing. It's kind of like, you know, I don't really care about Jesus and, and, and living for him. I just want to know, I want to make sure I'm going to heaven, but I don't really want to engage. I don't really want to live and make Jesus Lord. I, I'm not, I'm not inter- I want to do whatever I want to do. But, you know, I still want to make sure that I have a ticket, punch my ticket into heaven. So interesting, the, uh, the religious leaders in Jesus' day, they had to work around in loopholes in, in their system as well. And uh, what they did is they came up with commands. They called them the tradition of the elders. They came up with these commands to keep you from uh, actually breaking the commands. In fact, they went to the extent where they made up these commands um, so that you didn't actually have to follow the actual command. It, it's kind of like it's kind of like when you brought your girlfriend home and uh, you were in the basement and you were going to watch a movie and, uh, and you went over and you shut the lights off and all of a sudden your mom came over and turned the lights back on. You're like, hey, hey we always watch movie with the lights off. And you're like, no, no, nope, nope. We w- we're watching this movie with the lights on. Well, mom, we don't ever watch movies with the lights on. We, you know, we shut up, nope. No, we got, a new, we got a new rule. We're watching a movie with the lights on. And you're kind of like, well, you're always chasing me through the house telling me to shut the lights off, and the minute I want to shut the lights off, you're like, we have a new rule to keep the lights on. What's up with that? See, it had nothing to do with the lights, did it? It had everything to keep you from messing around. See, making a, a, a rule to make sure you don't break the rules. See, the, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, they had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these traditions, these rules that they came up with, and uh, some of them, you know, you were to follow those so that you didn't actually have to actually follow the actual command, and Jesus is going to call them out on one of these. Some Pharisees and teachers of religious law now arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus, and they asked him, and Matthew records this for us, in Matthew chapter 15, verse 1, verse 2, why do your disciples disobey our age-old tradition? Not the commands. We're not going to be bold enough to say, hey, this was a command of God. You've got to follow it. But, you know, this is, our, this, is, this is our tradition. For they ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand-washing before they eat. <laughs> you know, and all you moms, you're like, oh, Sweet. That's in the Bible. I'm going to use that, kids. See? That's why you should wash your hands before you eat. It's right here in the Bible. But th- that, this is not that. This is, this is something that they added on to this to where they said, you know what? In order for you to stay ceremonially clean, you had to go through this ritual where they did this ceremonial washing all the way up to their elbows and, and did all of this stuff. And, uh, and, and the disciples were like, eh, not going to do that. And so they're, they're like, hey, they're, they're ignoring the law. That's the law. And, uh, and so they're, they're kind of calling Jesus out. You know, you guys aren't, aren't following the deal. Jesus replied, and he kind of comes right back at him. And why do you, by your traditions, violate the direct commands of God? You've made a workaround You've made a loophole. You've come up with this tradition so that you didn't actually have to follow the actual law. 
And then he says what it is. For instance, in other words, I could give you a lot of examples. This isn't one of them. This isn't just one. It's, it's one of many. So I'm going to give you an example. God says, honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. Aren't you glad we don't follow that part of the Old Testament anymore? Congregation be a lot smaller. And I wouldn't be talking to you. I guarantee you that. But the, the, the law is honor your father and mother. And, and this isn't, you thought it was just, hey, when you're in high school, you know, you kind of need to respect your, your mom and dad and do what they say, you know. But honor your, honoring your father and mother, this is a lifelong deal. This is a lifelong thing to honor them. But you say it is all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you. Mom and dad, man, that's really tough. You know, you're going through a tough deal and, you know, you're kind of up in, up in years and you kind of need, need our help. But, man, I'd really love to help you. I just, ah, whew, yeah, it's tough. Sorry you're going through that. Um, not not going to be able to help you. Um, for, and, and here's why. Because I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. Oh, sorry, Mom. Sorry, Dad. See, they came up with this system where, where you could vow everything to God and still keep it, and if God ever needed it, you know, you would give, it was His. And since it was His, you know, then, then, you know, it was dedicated to Him, and you couldn't use it for your parents to actually take care of them. And uh, Jesus is not having any of this. In this way, you say they don't need to honor their parents, and so you cancel the Word of God for the sake of your own tradition. You came up with a workaround. You came up with a loophole. You came up with a way so that you didn't actually have to honor your father and mother like the law actually says. And you made it spiritual so it sounds really good. <laughs> nice workaround. Nice loophole. See, Christians, Christians are notorious for taking the unclear and fogging up the clear. We're great. We're great at taking the clear things from, from the Scripture and, and then fogging it all up with what's unclear. It's amazing. I, 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 uh, I have a friend that tells this story of, of growing up in a church that uh, had a horrible, horrible civil rights um, uh, history. And, uh, and so he was reading in some of the church history, and there was, I mean, it's hard to believe, there was actually a time when the deacons showed up and, uh, and they locked the, the commons area. They wouldn't let anyone into the sanctuary, wouldn't let anyone into the auditorium, because a black lady had walked through the doors, walked to the front, and sat in the front, uh, uh, in the front uh, seat, in the front pew. And they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to do, so they were sitting in the back. They wouldn't let anyone else enter because they, they had no idea what to do with that. And I would imagine they had a verse. I can't imagine what verse it might have been. But somehow or another, they justified what we would look at and go, what? How bizarre is that? I mean, how could you, how could you possibly do that and justify it? 
See, we, we take things that are unclear and we kind of fog up the things that are clear. I, I had a, a dad come to me one time and he was furious. He was an angry Christian. Um, <clears throat> you ever, ever come across a couple, an angry Christian? Woo. So anyway, he came and uh, he was really, he was mad. He was really mad. And, and he was mad because his son was dating uh, a girl of a different race. And so he was just furious about this, and he wanted me to fix his son, and uh, I wasn't doing it right. And so um, he was going to, he's like, do you not, you know, it says in the Bible, it says in the Bible, you know what, hey, that God told the Israelites that when they go to the promised land, they can't marry foreigners. And I'm, I'm like, okay. What does that have to do with this? Um, because you're not an Israelite. We're not in the promised land, and she's not a foreigner. I don't know, it's not. He's like, well, well, but Moses married a Moabite, and God wouldn't let him in the promised land. Okay, those two things are true. They just have nothing to do with one another. You see? Christians can make Scripture mean anything they want it to mean. See, if I don't like this part of Scripture, in fact, I knew, I knew uh, uh, a friend of mine was telling me that, uh, that her mom would actually take a Sharpie, and if she didn't like that verse, she'd just scratch it out. She just redacted it out. That one's not authoritative to me. I don't like that one. And since I don't like that one, that one doesn't apply to me. And, and, and we are great at taking the, the parts of Scripture we're good at keeping, and we hold everyone else to that standard, in fact, beyond that standard, but the ones we're not good at keeping, well, we just kind of set those aside. We don't. Or we read something, it's like, no, nah, I don't like that. And so we, we, we somehow or another make it mean something it doesn't mean. And we work around it, or we don't like it, or we ignore it. And we hold this part up, and we diminish this part. We hold this part up and diminish this part. We hold people to this standard that we're really good at, but not to this one. <laughs> See, Christians are great at workarounds. Christians are great at loopholes. See, Christians pick and choose which passage of Scripture they like and discard the ones that kind of cramp their style. See, that one would mean I'd have to change my lifestyle. That, that one would mean I'd have, uh, and so I'm not, I'm, I want to do whatever I want to do, wherever I want to do it, with whoever I want to do it with, and I still want some fire insurance. I want to go to heaven when I die, so I'm going to have a workaround around all of these things. That's what Christians do. But disciples of Jesus? Hmm. A little harder to do that, isn't it? A little harder to do that. And see, Jesus, at the end of this dialogue, has something to say to that group of people, and he has something to say to us when we want to have a workaround and when we want to take parts of Scripture and manipulate it, and we know the intent of the commander. We know what it is. We just don't like it, and so we're going to do something else. And Jesus says, you hypocrites. Oh, he didn't mince words, did he? So here's the thing. 
Some of you watching online, maybe you're in the room and uh, you're like, I'm not a Jesus follower. In fact, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to this whole dialogue between a Christian and, and, and a Jesus follower. It's like, yeah, that's, that's exactly, I mean, that's my view of Christian. In fact, that's why I haven't become a Jesus follower because I just feel like, man, they're just, they're just a bunch of hypocrites. And so I'm going to give you the opportunity to call us hypocrites in church, in church. And some of you, some of the rest of you, you have wanted to say this to someone else, okay? So here is your opportunity in church. And so all of us are going to say, you hypocrites, on the count of three. And you kind of got to say it with a little bit of conviction, okay? Are you ready? One, two, three. You hypocrites. Oh, that felt really good, didn't it? Some of you had a little more conviction than you probably should have had, huh? <laughs> See, Jesus just like, if, if you're a loophole Christian, basically you're, you're going to just have to live this hypocritical lifestyle. You just kind of want to do whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it. You want to redact the parts of Scripture you don't like. See, here's kind of the bottom line. Jesus doesn't like it when you use his Father's words to avoid doing his Father's will. Jesus doesn't like it when we use his Father's words to avoid doing his Father's will. So, if we're not going to be just Christians, we're going to be disciples of Jesus, we're going to be Jesus followers, then, then is there a way that we could live where it is really difficult to have a workaround? It's really difficult to have a loophole, and the answer to that is yes. And it starts with this command, this new command that we talked about last week that John wrote down for us in chapter 13 of, of, of the Gospel of John, and, and Jesus says to his guys, here's the, here's the most important thing. Everything else comes underneath this. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Why, Jesus? Because your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And last week we talked about this, doesn't love, this type of love doesn't mean mushy-gushy. It doesn't mean I'm just going along, you know, love just means, hey, everyone, just do whatever you want to do, wherever you want to do it with whoever, and, and you know what, just, it's a free-for-all. That's not even loving. It does mean difficult conversations. It, it, it does mean doing difficult things. But how you go about those, is it loving or is it not? Do you, do you demean people? Do you devalue people? Do you devalue a person or a group of individuals? I mean, there is a way for us to criticize ideas without criticizing the one who is behind the idea. There is a way to criticize ideas without devaluing the person or the group of people. See, Paul said, and when he, when he wrote this letter to, to the Christians and the, the Jesus followers in, in Rome, who were being chased through the streets 
by Nero's guards and not only being chased through the streets, but being eaten by lions and thrown into Nero's circus and people would pay to watch the, the, uh, the, the, the lions kind of hunt down these Jesus followers as they were trying to hide from the lions until the lions finally figured out where they were and, and, and ate them in front of them. It's like, hey, you want to buy a ticket for that? And lining up the, the, uh, the driveway of Nero's drive to his palace with, with Christians, who, with Jesus followers, burning them alive at the stake. So if you think that we, we have it kind of bad in the U.S. right now, mm, and, 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 and Paul speaks into this and says, hey, here's what I want you to do. Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? Do you have any idea what Nero's doing to us, Paul? Yeah, I, I have an idea. In fact, he ended up being chained to a guard for two years, was released for a short period of time, rearrested, and then ended up losing his head under Nero's rule. He was fully aware of what was going on. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of the law. In other words, if you get up every single day with the intent that what does love require of me, and you love your neighbor as yourself, you don't even need to know what the commands are. You're not going to live as close to the edge as you can possibly be without, you know. That's not even, that's not even a question. That's, that's not even something that enters your mind. It's, it's way bigger than that. See, I'm, I'm going to love my neighbor as myself. For the commandments say you must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not covet. These and other such commands, in other words, come up with your own list if you want to add to it, they're all summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I know that some of you don't think you're really very good at loving yourself, but you're better at it than you think. We take pretty good care of ourselves. <laughs> right? I mean, we pretty much eat whatever we want to eat, and we kind of just kind of do whatever we want to do as much as we can possibly do, and we love ourselves. And Jesus just says, hey, to the degree that you love yourself, I want you to love others that way. And then here's the kicker. Love does no wrong to others. Just think about that for a second. Love does no wrong to other people. But see, I want to live on the edge. I don't really care about loving anyone. And if it hurts them, well, big deal. You know, as long as it's good for me, I still, I just want to go to heaven. And I want to do whatever I want to do. And Jesus just says, man, 
um, you've missed it. Love does no wrong to others. So love fulfills the requirements of God's law. See, the rest of Scripture is simply commentary on how we as disciples of Jesus are to love one another. That's the filter. That's the filter to which everything that we say, everything that we do, everything that we're going to you know, post on social media, that's the filter. Is this going to harm someone else? Is this wrong to someone else? The love is the filter. See, our filter right now is we filter everything through our politics. In fact, we are filtering our, 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 you know, we're, our interpretation of Scripture is filtered through the lens of our politics. Wait a second. And some of the things that I see on Facebook, I'm just like, oh, no, 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 no. See, there's nothing wrong with criticizing an idea. There's nothing wrong with exchanging ideas. There's nothing wrong with disagreeing. You know, loving doesn't mean we all come to agreement on everything. That's not love. But if you're going to, you know, if you're going to devalue an entire group of people or an individual, and you're going to justify it, see, you, we're, we're living the, the, the wrong way. See, there's people in this, in this town that I would say, you know what, we don't, we don't agree on just about anything. The only thing we have in common is Jesus. But you know what? We have decided to respect one another, and we have decided to value one another, so we can actually have a conversation. See, we've gotten to a place in our nation, we can't even have a conversation anymore. And we can't have a conversation because when the first things that come out of our mouth is to devalue someone, well, then no. We're not going to have a conversation. See, disciples, they don't look for workarounds or loopholes. See, Christians, and, and, and please, Please don't walk away from this message just thinking that this was about, you know, politics and that was the only application. It's not. See, Christians use the Bible like mace. See, I don't, and, and, and so I'm just going to spray you down with Bible mace. See, disciples use the Bible as a mirror. <laughs> That was a big difference. Disciples ask every day, what does love require of me? It might require having a difficult conversation. It will always require that you have this tension of, I know I should say something, but how should I say it in a way that's respectful? How should I say it in a way that, that doesn't devalue someone? Because that would be unloving. See, we want to get rid of the tension. We think it's a problem to solve. It's not a problem to solve. It's a tension to manage. And every, I, that tension should never go away. Because here's the deal. Aren't you glad God didn't look for a workaround or a loophole when it came to his love for you? 
Because <laughs> I guarantee you, he knows everything you've thought. He knows everything you've done. He knows everything you've thought about doing. You think he could come up with a loophole for you? Well, I think so. See? And that leads me to my question. It's a difficult question. Are you a loophole Christian? Or are you a disciple of Jesus? Are you a Jesus follower? Or are you just, are you, you want to just live on the edge and you kind of just want to do whatever you want to do, wherever you want to do it, with whoever you want to do it with? And yeah, I want some fire insurance, but I, I don't want to actually follow. Or are you living in such a way that yeah, it's this, there's this tension and, oh, I mean, so part of me just wants to lash out and say this and there's a tension inside of me that's, that's this filter of how do I do this in a way that is loving and valuing and respectful because every single person you have come into eye contact with is someone for whom Jesus died. So, are you a loophole Christian? Are you a disciple of Jesus? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, oh, this one's hard. Jesus, you, you know full well places where I have uh, wanted to skirt around, I have wanted loopholes. I, I have wanted to uh, elevate one portion of Scripture over a different one. I've, God, I would imagine all of us have done that. And God, I pray that as people, however this lands on people, that if there's just something that you know they don't agree with, that they wouldn't just cancel the entire thing, but they would actually if there's something that God, you, you have just pricked into their conscience, they would evaluate it. They would look at it. God, they would take the necessary steps to change that area in their life. God, I pray that you would give us wisdom. Because we, we do live in an age where, man, it is, it's difficult when a group of people begin not valuing one another begin not respecting one another and uh, consequently just start attacking each other. So God, I pray that as Jesus followers, we would lead the way of what this should look like. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hello, folks. (laughs) (laughs) I've always wanted to say that. That's off of a movie. Hello. Oh, Princess Diaries. It's all ah. Hello, folks. Hey, Dad. Hey. What's up? How are you? So for those of you who didn't watch the first service, Dad was absent. I, was I got caught talking to someone, and uh, so Jafili jumped in for me, which is yeah, good. It was, it was good. And so if you're interested in seeing that <laughs> Q&A, it'll be drastically different <laughs> than this one. Um, but, Dad, I do honestly have a question, and hey. I hope everyone out there knows I do not mean this in any political way. Um, at all. I have moved around quite a bit in the past couple years of my life, um, and everywhere I've moved has a very different opinion about different things in the Bible, 
Um, and they use scripture to back it up. And they're using scripture in context. Um, they're just interpreting it differently. And so, Dad, I guess my question would be, how do you know um, how to interpret the Bible? How do you know what is culturally appropriate? Um, and you're, you're taking every, every verse um, as truth, as it should be held. Um, but how do you, how do you know? How yeah. do you know? Well, come to Theopraxis. <laughs> so this group Plug. that we're going through, Theopraxis, that's it's what we talk about is how, how to, you know, uh, correctly interpret Scripture. But I think that we can, we can be in different cultures and uh, different backgrounds, and we, we all interpret Scripture, and I think we're all, probably all guilty of this, but doing it in a way that everyone grew up the way that I did, and everyone looks at the world the way that we look at the world. Um, and I think that we can actually maybe come to a disagreement. The thing that we, that, uh, that be, ends up becoming polarized is there's one hill I'm going to die on. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And uh, that hill I'm going to die on. Everything else we can talk about we might even debate about, but we can, we can criticize ideas or challenge ideas as long as we aren't criticizing or, or devaluing or disrespecting the messenger. So someone from a different culture might actually sharpen me if I'm willing to listen or I feel like they're approaching me with respect and value and I'm approaching them with respect and value rather than, well, you're just an idiot if you think that. Okay, well, well, then we can't even have a conversation, right? So right, right. that's what I'm talking about. I, I, I think that we can, we can challenge ideas and have a conversation as long as that, uh, that view of respect and value is there because that's loving one another. So Yeah, yeah, definitely. And how much weight would you put on learning about um, other ways to interpret a single verse? Um, and how, in not, not making it a hill to die on, but just understanding like all views of, these are different trails to climb the same mountain. Um, how, how much weight would you just, would you put on um, interpreting it and, and applying it to your life and Finding all the different yeah, perspectives so here's, you can here's have. Here's what I would say. Be a student, not a critic. Be a student, not a critic. So be willing to, to listen. I mean, there's some, there's some prominent preachers that I really respect, but I don't agree with everything with all of their theology. But I'm challenged by it, and, and, and we're going to disagree on some parts that are in the weeds but that's okay. And I want to be a student about the things that, man, they really sharpened me in. Um, and I would hope that it would, that it would come the other direction as well. Yeah. 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 So always being a student, keeping a teachable spirit. That's, that is a, a very good um, thing to have. And lastly, your, your emphasis on loving one another, um, man, the verse just flew right out of my head. But the one that you, um, you really emphasized was love does no wrong. 
They're yeah. along yeah. along those lines. Yeah, the one in Romans. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Love does no wrong to others. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. How is that possible? That's clarifying, isn't it? <laughs> Terrifyingly clear. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, okay, how do you have a loophole around that <laughs> one? I don't. Know. But how is it possible? I mean, how how can you never wrong someone else? We're not we're not perfect. How do we never wrong someone else? Well, you you, you don't. But that's that's the standard. Um, that, and that's why loving Jesus um, is is got to be front and central. Because if, if I'm loving Jesus and I'm allowing Him to live through me, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That's where He's going to take us. And uh, and then you get up every day. What does love require me? Go practice. Go practice in whatever it is you have planned for that day. Mm. Nice. So keep a teachable spirit and practice. Love it. I love it. Those are very applicable things um, that you guys can have and, and practical things you can apply. That's awesome. Thanks again for tuning in with us. I hope to see you next week at 930 or 11. Yeah.